Good evening, all you creatures of the night, and thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the podcast that we all host together. The one that conjures up your nightmares. It records. I'm one of your hosts, joined, as always, with the lovely Lindsay and Pete. Thanks for, thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, man. <laughs> just, uh, I keep doing it's it. It's good to be here. I'm just in your home right now, having some mm-hmm. tea and crumpets. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know I keep introducing you guys like, like your guests to the show. Thanks for being here, but not the case. The We're show all even your idea. <laughs> no, but I've sort of commandeered that in my intro. But it's not meant to be like that. We're all the hosts. But this week, everybody, we watched the uh, 2014 horror film Starry Eyes, directed by Kevin Colch and Dennis Widmer. Welcome to Big Taters. My name is Sarah. Can I start you guys off with an order of our freedom tots? We got all these people, all our friends. They're just sitting around trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out how to make something. I thought you were avoiding me. Why would you think that? Because I stole your role. Come on with you, I work so hard. Every week it's a new class, a new audition. Hopefully you'll see something in me. I know I'd be great for this. We'll be in touch. Yeah, I was wondering how to say those names because you know me, I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> well, I hope I sounded confident in those names because I am not. <laughs> I believed you. All right, I think it's yeah, Kolsch. I wouldn't have been on the wiser. I've had a, a, a coffee Kolsch beer recently, spelled the same way as the director. Whoa. So that's what I'm going with. That's what the bartender told me before he with grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and kicked me out. <laughs> with the two dots above the O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I doubt Kevin Colston right directed and made this beer for me. But. Hey, you never know. Mm-hmm. So, we watched Starry Eyes this week, everybody. And in case... Um, you're not familiar with the movie. Um, I guess I'll give you a quick little synopsis of it. It, it takes place in L.A. Uh, following Sarah. Um, she is an aspiring actress. And she wants more than anything to get her big break. And she lives with a few of her friends in a little apartment. And what she realizes is she might have to sacrifice everything to get what she wants. But she might not be uh, aware of what that all that entails. And I'll leave it at that as we get into the movie. But that is Starry Eyes. Mm-hmm. This is Lindsay's pick. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was. And if I may uh, ask, how did you come across Starry Eyes? Well, you see, <laughs> I really, I just, I felt kind of lost, like on what to, like where to go from. You know, we left off with Dead Alive, you know, and then I was like, okay, it's my turn again. I just was like doing a lot of like. Googling and like what are you know some more like and I wanted something more recent too because I feel like I'm always like kind of I tend to go back like 
old movies and stuff and I'm like I don't know anything that's coming out that's like kind of newer so I kept seeing this one pop up and like all these like top 10 like best horror film like compilations or whatever so I was like so I read about it and I was like okay that sounds pretty interesting so I was just like and that's what we're watching so yeah (laughs) and then it helped that it was on Netflix too so I mean it made it easy for everyone to access so yeah yeah, definitely. And it was a pleasant surprise for me because, I mean, I do like trying to catch up with more recent ones because I fall behind so quickly. But uh, I won't say if I defend or destroy, but, I mean, it, it had a lot of good uh, reviews, I feel like, and critical reception, mm-hmm. yeah. this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, though, that the downside of that movie without me saying anything, is the picture mm. that comes from Netflix when you hover over it, how it's like a close-up mm. of her face, and then it's like the pentagram over her eyes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was like, that's just not a good cover photo. <laughs> no. no, I agree with that. That was kind of my impression when I first saw it. I wasn't really allured by it, which is ironic because their poster art which, if you get a chance to check that out, um, one like the best uh, horror poster. I forget at what award ceremony I can find it, but their own team designed very well cover art for this film. But Netflix chose a different option. Mm. Should stuck. The funny thing is, I didn't even watch this on Netflix. I watched it on my phone because, like, my <laughs> like logged out of Netflix or whatever and so I was just like well shit so I found it online so I don't even know what y'all are talking about (laughs) I would say this movie went by pretty fast because even though it's 98 minutes I was just like when it ended I was like oh it's over (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it went really quick I think uh as we follow this girl's kind of journey, her downward spiral, mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's done in a pretty good pace, I think. I don't, I didn't ever feel bored. I didn't, um, like, get up and, like, go up to another room like I usually do. Like, I just, I was very, you know, engaged, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'd say so, too. And what helped, for me at least, I think, is the score of the movie was very i feel like i got like a fairy tale-esque vibe almost like suspiria where it was mysterious so like even though there might not have been like crazy action happening on the scene um the score they played with it kind kind, it could have been like a mundane scene i feel like her going to an audition or something but that music was playing so i thought something was around the corner almost where like i need to keep paying attention because something off something's happening that's off here See, that, that, they didn't even think of something completely different. I thought of two different movies. I thought it was like mm. a really disturbing version of La La Land. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Or um, Mulholland Drive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of similar where she's like, she's an actress. Uh, I believe it's Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Um, and it's like very like weird acting in the movie. It's like really... Uh, like forced i don't know it's like it's very stylistic yeah it's really it's really purposeful in what david lynch does and then Mm -hmm. like when you get to the edition it's like fucking really intense Mm -hmm. and so i kind of got like the feel of like both those kind of situations yeah that's a good point and you mentioned that that's one of the things i heard about the the movie people were saying is it reminds them of something that maybe david lynch um, or David Cronenberg would come up together. This movie, so and that's and Mulholland Drive is David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see Cronenberg uh, because there's a lot of body horror in this movie. If uh, we haven't mentioned yet, there's a lot of uh, bodily harm. That's yeah, pretty gross. Yeah, and mm-hmm. surprising. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and I feel like that picks up, and I guess like Act Three of the film. Like there's there's some stuff that's unsettling. Um, I, I didn't feel like maybe like halfway through the film, but then it gets like intense. I felt like it like really ran, ramped up that third act, extremely gory. Mm-hmm. Uh. I wish, um, like 
Uh, it's a movie that wanted me to have more. Like, I don't know what, like, more it needed, but I think maybe it was, like, maybe she didn't have enough interactions with her friends. I don't know. It kind of seemed like she was, like, by herself for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I wrote down in my notes is that her friends are, like, fucking assholes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they look terrible. Except for, yeah. like, well, that's two people. Like, her roommate who like kind of cares about her mm-hmm. and then like that guy who has like a crush on her mm-hmm. or like they're really yeah. two people that like kind of care about her well-being where everyone else is like really selfish mm-hmm. yeah well i feel like that's part of what made her such an easy target so to speak is she had such like little support yeah you know and mm-hmm. but even um uh even then i would say like i wish even though it was like awkward exchanges that she had with her so-called friends i wish i had more of that because it almost seems like not that there's no stakes i don't know it's just like there's not enough interactions or something i don't know Hmm. it's hard to just it's hard to describe it's kind of similar to where my complaint about i know what you did last summer where like the killer is only at one specific person each time yeah you remember when we said like the, the movie wrote itself that way on purpose and but like i wish they had more of like a group setting mm-hmm. i guess like okay, that's kind of yeah. like what i'm saying with this one and like have her so she pretty much becomes like she's like the protagonist antagonist kind of situation yeah like an anti-hero yeah not, not even really a hero but yeah <laughs> yeah uh and i wish there was like more of that with her friends, but that's all I have to say because I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> okay, sure. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying. I felt that too. Where, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but there definitely was like a connection there, but I didn't feel we had enough. I mean, it, it was too quick when they were together to really grasp mm-hmm. on anything. Yeah, and I think what adds to that if is like th- this movie is shrouded in like some sort of in in like a mystery especially like with her production company she's with and the way they filmed that it was very disorienting i felt like mm. i'm sure it's meant to be but yeah. that kind of adds to the complexity of like you you wanted more at least in these scenarios but you didn't get it with the with the friends yeah mm-hmm. which, which what did you guys f- think of uh that sort of filming editing style when she goes into the audition the second time and what we see is like a lot of flashing lights. It's supposed to be a camera where she's derobing, but like it's like really quick flashes and like really different weird faces. And you see like a person in a mask. What did? How do you guys feel about that? Just thoughts. I was like, I, I was like, uh, what? What's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. But you know, I think they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. with that, which was just like utterly terrifying Mm -hmm. and you know kind of is the starting point to her you know just like completely like i don't know like that's you know her ambition is kind of like her achilles heel i mean it, it completely is um so you know she wants this so badly and it's you know we've got so many of these stereotypical elements um with the casting couch, and then we've got, you know, this antagonistic, you know, like, rival actress and so, and you get to that, well, you see more of that later on after this scene, but, like, the scene in particular, I was just, like, I have, I have no words, like, mm-hmm. it was, it was, I, yeah, I, <laughs> that's all I have to say. And as you were saying, like, that's, like, the start of, like, her... I don't know, her transition, I guess. She wants to be the star. It's her first audition, and she starts to slowly change, I'll I'll say for now, for lack of spoilers. What do you think was happening in the film in that that time frame? Because, like, for us, it's like that disorienting flashing lights, but clearly something happens. And I guess we could give the spoiler, we see these people have pentagrams, so you might have, like, some sort of satanic ideas, but what do you think occurred that started her transformation? Hypnotism was one idea that I thought of, but... Mm. Well, I was kind of thinking of, like, Rosemary's Baby. 
Where I know we haven't mm-hmm. done that movie, mm-hmm. but um, it was like where they hypnotizes Mia Farrow's character, and they like basically impregnate her with like the devil's child. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like something like that. Yeah, yeah, I kind of got that that vibe too. Especially what really I thought it was going to be is after that. There's this scene where she's in a tub, and you see something like move on her stomach. Yeah. Where I thought like, okay, she's impregnated with something, maybe like the devil or the offspring, but then it just turns out to be uh, she pukes up some maggots. Is what is what ensues from there. <laughs> well, see, there was a there was a note I wrote down early in the movie to where I thought so she's she's a very skinny woman, and she's like pinching herself in the mirror in the very beginning when she's about to go to work that's basically Hooters and, mm-hmm. and I was like that's weird and I was like oh she's like really worried about her weight for some reason um, and then I didn't quite hear what he said because I put on subtitles later on during the movie because there were some parts I couldn't hear and then she kept going to take phone calls but I didn't pick up on like what the guy was the manager was complaining about he's like where does he hide where does she hide that thing and I was like wait is she pregnant because she's so fucking skinny <laughs> and so mm-hmm. for like the first 20 minutes of the movie I was like wait is she fucking pregnant right now mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like she is super thin <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then like it came yeah almost came into play later with our previous conversation and I was yeah. like oh wait maybe I was on to something yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh no I'm not <laughs> unfortunately no that's not yeah. it at all <laughs> this is my exact note she thinks she's pregnant question mark parenthesis Sarah so I didn't get confused later on and then I drew an arrow and I was like oh hiding the phone is what he was referring to <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. do you want me to read uh, the, my notes are very early movie, and I just kind of stopped. Do you want me to read them all out loud? <laughs> I'd love to hear your notes, Pete. Yeah. Please do. So I wrote right away, theater snobs, a life I'm way too familiar with. <laughs> um, girl who touches hair too much and eats celery, question mark. Mm-hmm. It was one of her friends in the beginning where she kind of like, they talk about her audition. One of her friends like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you auditioned. Didn't mean to steal the role from you. And there are other friends, like, touching her hair and, like, eating celery. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what is no. this hap- what is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> at a party, right? I didn't yeah. know this was, was at a party. It was like a rager, or it was supposed to be. Who eats celery at a party? <laughs> She's just crunching down on some celery. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was <laughs> really like, it's weird. fine. And then there's the pregnant note that I already uh, read. And then that jumped to awkward audition, yeesh. JK question mark and I wrote dash the dream sequence because <laughs> she was like really okay right, right really right. bad at remembering her lines and I was like oh man I like that I had to pause it for like a second I was like oh this is rough yeah. <laughs> and I went back to it yeah that was kind of painful it was yeah then you find out she's mm-hmm. dreaming and so then like the next chill. line was the actual audition I was like bow tie guy doing audition is a bit much. Was yep. it from Dart- Dartmouth or some shit? <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. True. Yeah. I was like, he took himself away mm-hmm. too soon. Like, this guy is uh, <laughs> too like, much. I had like a good comparison for him. He's like, uh, like age audition. Like I don't know. Like his voice is so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And I had like a great like I compared him to another character. And I can't remember who that was. No. <laughs> so I referred to him as Dartmouth. Dart, whatever the Dart- name of the college is. Dartmouth, yeah. Dartmouth. <laughs> Spelled Dartmouth. The rest, yeah. Durant. <laughs> the rest of my notes, which is not much longer. And then I, my next line is, Dartmouth has a face you want to punch. <laughs> True. he just kept talking like that, and I was like, ah, oh, can you, like, stop? Yeah. <laughs> I was annoyed for her from him. Ugh. <laughs> If you want to die, you just got to be reborn again. And I was like, ah, stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, why are you still talking? Mm-hmm. 
And that's where you stop taking yeah, notes. That's where I stop taking notes. <laughs> I, watched this, I watched this movie in two parts. I watched the first 30 minutes one day. And then I watched it like really late. And then I was like getting tired, so I turned it off. And then I watched the rest of it um, the next day. Mm-hmm. Which is today. <laughs> that's the day I was recording. And I just... And yeah, here we are. Yeah, I wish mm-hmm. I watched like an hour of it today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right on. Which went by very quickly because, like I said earlier, I was like, oh, that's the ending? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys, uh, like without giving spoilers, we can give some, how did you guys feel about the ending? I thought her transformation reminded me of Splice. Uh-huh. I never seen the movie, but I remember like that being advertised with Adrian Brody, and I thought they looked very similar. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I think it succeeded in being extremely like gory and creepy and like disgusting. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I kind of just I don't know. I had some chills um, at the end when she's like looking at herself in the mirror, and I'm like, "Well, I believe this yeah. is the goriest movie you've ever picked for the podcast." Yeah, it's so un- like uncharacteristic, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But what about you, Matt? Um, I, I did like, um, well, I guess we said the opening scene, she's like looking in the mirror and the end scene is like almost the same shot. Mm, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just curious. I mean, your feelings, um, because she kind of got what she wanted. <laughs> like, and she's right. our protagonist. So are we meant to think that like, are we supposed to be on her side or because we know what she did? <laughs> Are we supposed to be like, this is a, I don't know, like, we're not supposed to be happy with this ending, the way it ended, but really, it's our it's our protagonist we followed to, she got her dream, she was born again. Yeah. She. Mm. Well, I think we're not supposed, like, I would say, we're not supposed to be happy with the ending, I think it's intended, because they make, they like, just change, like. She is so desperate to change for success. At any cost. That, And she, she kills people. She kills her friends. Mm-hmm. Very brutally, mm-hmm. in fact. Um, with a knife, a dumbbell. Not a dumbbell, like a little weight. It's a dumbbell. You're right. Is it a dumbbell? So. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't exercise, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> All I remember that was blue, but she like mm-hmm. smashed her friend's face, who I thought was her roommate at first. I did too, actually. I thought that was her roommate. At the first one. Uh, who's like two yeah. blonde friend? Two of her blonde friends like kind of looked similar. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get a whole lot of the one who got her face smacked in with the dumbbell. We didn't get a whole lot of her. So I just assumed it was her roommate because we yeah. haven't seen her in a while. I forgot about her. Yeah. I think. I want to say she's Celery Girl. It is Celery Girl. The okay, girl gets that's fine. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, totally forgot about yeah, her. Yeah, because I think that's her only other scene. The it's like, there's she, like, I think... She, she breaks her nose. That's right, she breaks her nose, and she, like, they make... They make half fun of her about the audition. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay. oh, for Silver Screen? I hope that's a working title. Yeah. And I was like... Okay, bitch. Like, yeah, be a like, little more yeah. supportive of your friend. <laughs> yeah, for real. I got a call back to a major motion picture. Don't blast the title, you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but I agree. I was just wondering your guys's opinions on that. I got a, like a Macbeth vibe. Got any any big Macbeth heads out there? Woot woot. It's really funny that you mentioned that because me and Lindsay were just talking about Macbeth before you came online. Wait, really? Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah. Wait, just for like fun or just because of this fun. movie? Oh, okay. Pete, Pete was in a play in high school uh, or he like had to act it out. I did have to act it. It was Macbeth. Because Lindsay talked about the head sheet of light where I said six semper tyrannis. Uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, quoting Seinfeld, even though it's quoting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then Lindsay said she had to look it up, and I was like, oh, I had to look up the spelling. And then she said that, like, oh, we had to do the play. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that I was a play. (laughs) (laughs) And I proceeded to talk about, like, um, oh, we did Macbeth in high school, and I had to get up in in front of the whole class and read for Macbeth, not for Macbeth the character, but I did for the play. Can't remember who the hell I was playing. And in my te- but she died. I, I died, and my teacher had told me to have more emotion. And oh. I remember, you remember those big books that you would have in high school that you would read the plays from that were for free. Mm-hmm. I had, I was reading that, like I had had to hold that in front of everyone and read my lines. Mm-hmm. And then my teacher told me to have more emotion. And then as I was like, I was supposed to fight for my life because I was dying, so I swung my book. Oh boy! <laughs> at the at the, I didn't hit him. I purposely didn't hit him. But I just, like, I was just, like, trying to be, I was just, like, trying to be funny, I guess. I don't know. I was, like, seven, I was, like, 17. Wanted people, wanted people to like me. Yeah. Wanted people to laugh with me. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's neat. So you're, so, you're yeah. a big fan of Macbeth. Good, good. So you I know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you got a Macbeth vibe from it. Yeah. I just got the vibe because, like, one of the major ideas of Macbeth, I think, is like unchecked ambition, and what that can do, it leads to like corruption and eventually his tragedy. Like he ah, dies okay. because, okay. and I get that with her. Not the same end, but still not a good end. Um, but yeah, it's sort of that unchecked yeah. ambition. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good. That's For a good sure, comparison. that is her fatal mm-hmm. flaw. Yeah. What would you say Gross. before we say? I guess Defender, Destroyer, even Trivia. Because mm-hmm. we kind of talked a lot of points mm-hmm. around the movie. What was your... What would be your constru- constructive criticism of this movie? Oh, okay. Hmm. Because I believe I already said mine. Well, <laughs> yeah, you did. you did. I'm still trying to figure that out. Because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is that I think it needs, but it does need something more, in my opinion. Yeah. I just, I, I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that it wants us wanting more, because it, it shows that it was, like, a capable movie. Yeah. And I saw that um, the director's, like, it was a Kickstarter like that's how it got started Mm -hmm. and i thought that was pretty cool that oh this is you know it it had like great quality for like not to say that kickstarter movies won't have good quality but i was like surprised that like i think it was like shot well and like it was really intense and i thought like whatever effects they did it seemed like mostly practical to me um oh i thought so too yeah were, were well done like they were they were very like small doses but when they were uh, there was like a lot going on I guess you could say yeah mm-hmm. like it was just like certain scenes that were just like explosive mm-hmm. but it, like it didn't happen like the whole time like dead alive <laughs> yeah that's true um you know I don't know for like constructive criticism you know I did enjoy it I won't say if I defend or destroy it quite yet but it did do, I thought the score worked well because it kind of kept you thinking around the corner the whole time. And I liked the blurring of like the idea of like this might be like some weird cult. But also he was just saying things that were about ambition and like getting what you want. And so it could have just been like if this satanic cult wasn't there, it could have just been like a positive movie about like achieving your goals. If you didn't have the horror and stuff in it. So I thought that was well. I agree with your point on the friendship. If anything, um... Like, the first act, like, before she starts to become evil, maybe, like, it could have been, it could have been tightened a little bit. I think it kind of, there were some scenes that were just superfluous, like, with, that led up to her meeting the producer. That kind of just maybe threw off the pace for me a bit until we got to that third act. Maybe that was the only thing. Mm -hmm. Besides your point, yeah. It kind of, because she went to the producer, she left, she went back. I don't know, just... It dragged a little bit in the middle. But no, nothing really. I mean, it's a tight movie. It's an hour and a half, so that's a minor critique. Did anyone else get kind of a 
flashback to House of the Devil with this one with like the cult kind of being revealed at the end. Yep. Yes, yeah. I did very so much. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah. Not to give too much away, but I also got like kind of some Black Swan like in there too. If I met, I did too with like the fingernails. <laughs> when she was looking in the mirror, I got, I definitely got Black Swan. Okay, yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Black Swan since I saw it in figures when it came out, so I definitely didn't get those vibes because I barely remember the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I actually did not think of House of the Devil at all, but I can totally see why you did. I just thought of Rosemary's yeah. Baby the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of. Uh... Similar elements in this movie, I think, that uh, we've seen definitely before. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, it it, it draws on a lot of elements, but it never made me feel like it was taken from another movie, I guess. It was was totally its own. It did that very well, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Did that old guy, that old creepy producer, remind you of anyone? Like, I don't know, like, he he was just so weird with his acting... I guess everyone in the in the movie, in what the picture, whatever it's called, artisan, not artisan. What was it? It's like I can't Osiris. It starts with. It starts with it. It starts with art. I can't remember. It's not Osiris, but it starts with an A. Osiris. Yeah, it's something it's like that. Ugh. But that's the production company. Yeah, whatever the production company's called. Like, they all mm. are super strange. I mean, obviously because they're part of a cult. Yeah. <laughs> but they just like have weird speech patterns mm-hmm. and are possibly obsessed with sex <laughs> mm-hmm. and like yeah. the old the old guy was like so positive but like I don't know it kind of reminded me of the old couple in Rosemary's Baby even though they were like mm-hmm. it was just like amplified because this is 2000. 14 movie compared to a 60s movie yeah yeah so they made like he was like ordinary like on the outside but like he had a lot of inner demons oh yeah i mean like 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 literal and yeah and (laughs) trying to seduce the fucking main character and succeeding for a role, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or expect a sexual favor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a very uh, mm-hmm. weird scene <laughs> for me, at least. Watching that one, yeah, I was like, oh, "Wait, and then, how is this going?" What's yeah. Yeah. Is, it, yeah, like, <laughs> is this oh, okay? <laughs> this is where I think it's going. All right, and then those two people with the mask on walk out behind the curtain yeah and I was like what the who the fuck are these people <laughs> we've never seen these people before yeah that was, so that was disturbing I think this movie could actually benefit from a sequel where would you take that yeah it, that's always the hard part it's like where would you take it I mean they don't have to explain the cult or anything just just find another story mm. to tell through it but you don't have to explain like their origins or whatever yeah. I don't know I feel like it could benefit mm. with you don't even have to continue with the main character if you don't want to if you, mm-hmm. if you don't want to limit yourself I think it, they could do a lot mm. with this movie I could see that working Yeah. with a new character and a new story I mm-hmm. I could see it has potential for a sequel, but I... Oh, shit, what was I going to say? Um, I think you run into it having the same effect if it's, like, not with her and, like, you don't want to do a backstory on, like, the cult because then I feel like the audience will know kind of yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, because you, you they kind of already... If it's, like, starry eyes, too... <laughs> um, they already kind of know like what the first one was, so they might they'll have a mm. a frame of reference, I guess. But you know, we can workshop these ideas and write the screenplay <laughs> and send it over to Osiris and see what they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, 
Yeah, we'll be in touch. <laughs> yeah. You Just know like what you Dartmouth. have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you never see him and again. you never see him again. Oh, you see him again. You hear him. Oh, he's at... The... You hear him again. I don't remember seeing him. Oh, I remember no. vividly seeing him. When, uh, it's, it's, a, it's after the, uh, spoilers, we haven't spoiled it up, she's, like, being reborn. Yeah. And they're, they're putting those things oh, down. He's oh, he's, oh, he's there. Okay. In the same outfit. Well, at least he does disappoint. <laughs> I don't know if they're... So this film won... I'll, I'll go I was ahead. gonna say, I was like, is anyone in that movie redeemable? Hmm. I was gonna say her until. I mean, well, you know. Yeah, mm. until she becomes yeah. totally unredeemable. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the weird part about this movie too is that you kind of have no one to root for. Um. Yeah, you're. Because mm-hmm. all her friend, like basically all her friends, are just like really selfish, like aspiring actors or directors or whatever and you got that weird dude who we didn't even talk about who's like Danny's roommate Danny's the guy who lives in the van who kind of like Sarah but like had a thing with another girl Sarah's rival his roommate who's like yeah who's taking pictures of Sarah she was like kind of like in a weird state and like she was like almost flashing him and then, like, he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I gotta take these pictures. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah and he was supposed to be with, like, the celery stick girl, yeah. too, who was there. And it's like, what are you doing, guy? Yeah, but... Yeah, well... Mm. She was taking pictures earlier of the girls in the bikinis, but, like, there was... That's right. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I no. got excited. <laughs> but they that seems at least like for a purpose, they're like, oh, this is something we intended because it's for the movie. I, I don't know. I it, it seemed like a totally different situation where it was like, mm. okay. But now it just kind of seems like this guy is a fucking pervert or something. Yeah. No, I think he's not redeemable. I don't think, <laughs> but I think maybe the uh, the roommate, um, who meets her fate in the end, well. but maybe. Yeah. yeah, I thought she did too. I mean, she wasn't perfect, but I don't. I guess she's, she's the one yeah. who comes closest, and that's not really saying much. She gets taken. Yeah. She gets taken down by her terrible yeah. friends because, as Sarah says, they're your friends that are draining mm-hmm. the life from me. And it's by association. And mm-hmm. uh, she's also the one that told them, mm-hmm. like, kind of what Sarah was going through with her audition and everything. So she's like, yeah, really pissed about that for the roommate. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a right. real yeah, shitty. Yeah, I mean, that was you know. You tell your like friends something in confidence, and then you know, like for them to go around and do that, like yeah, like I can understand. Like if you're gonna tell someone, mm. make sure that they don't fucking openly tell her. You know, keep yeah. a fucking secret. Mm-hmm. I love to gossip as much as anyone else, but you know, you gotta sometimes keep that shit in your pocket. <laughs> True. Mhm. Mhm. And then, I guess last, I wouldn't say this person's redeemable, but were we not supposed to like the director guy who lived in the van? I didn't I like him. I was neutral on him. That he was okay. I was neutral on him. I barely what was noticed that, him. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like we were supposed to get a vibe. I don't know. Like, he asked her to be in his movie, but I don't know if he was supposed to be like we, mm. like the same as what the producer was doing. Like, being, like, weird about it, I don't... So, I didn't know. Well, because, like... But... 
I feel like we were supposed to have some connection at that last scene where he meets his demise. Like she had a whole encounter, like monologue with him. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like Sarah put it um, that um, she either said to to Danny or the girl that he's sleeping with, but like that they're hooking up, and she's like, "Oh, did you do it for this role that's beneath me?" And then she's like, oh, we hooked up before, doesn't it? We could just like each other. And it's just made me think, I was yeah. like, well, is he just, like, using, like, his movie as a way to, like, be with oh. Sarah? Or, and since Sarah won't be with him, he just took a girl who <laughs> would be with him? <laughs> huh, I didn't think of that. Oh. Maybe. Huh. Mm-mm. I didn't either. That's very possible concerning Sarah. Maybe. So, no redeemable characters. <laughs> yeah, essentially no redeemable characters. Maybe uh, the one homeless guy who Sarah beats up at, outside of the production, that guy was redeemable. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just trying to help he her out. He seems like he was going to do some wrong. He's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, he was being, he was <laughs> playing a, the role of concerned guy. That's it. <laughs> Not a shoe repair. Yeah. Yeah, she says, don't you touch me, <laughs> and screams at him. So, one thing, if, if we can do a little bit of trivia before we to defend or destroy, um, we talked about the Kickstarter, but one thing I found interesting was that's how it began, they wanted to kickstart the movie, but that campaign attracted Pat Healy to the film, and then they met their goal. He finished the rest of the campaign funding. Did you guys, wow, you guys know no, that? I didn't. I didn't. I did not know that. Okay. Okay, do you know who that that is? Pat Healy? I, I thought that I was no a character and there's something about Mary. Oh, maybe. It's Matt Dillon's <laughs> it could character, be. you guys. Uh, <laughs> well, this Pat Healy is the uh, manager of the Tater Tots place in the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the actor, but apparently, which I didn't know, I did some research, he's... He was in, uh, what was it? The Innkeepers. Okay. Uh, you know that? Yeah. Cheap Thrills, Great World of Sound, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So <laughs> he's an, he's an, he's an, yeah, he's, a, he's an actor slash writer, so he has some clout uh, on stuff that I didn't know he was a part of. Um, Magnolia. So, yeah. He's got some things under yeah. his belt. Yeah, and I didn't even recognize. I mean, yeah, he's the manager of the tape. Is is okay? We'll get back to redeemable. Thanks, Pat Healy, for finding okay. this movie. But is he a redeemable character? Uh, the manager at the Tater Tots. Not really. He's kind of he's kind of a a dick. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's he's trying to be like a manager that cares, but like ultimately. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He doesn't really seem like that. Like, I feel like he's trying to be that role, but doesn't succeed. Yeah, I th- I think what does it? He's definitely supposed to be the mentor, like in the archetypes, like because he breaks down from that manager role and is like, "Hey, you know, it's cool to do this stuff, but you've got to be practical. Like, don't just go after these things for whatever cost. You know, sometimes you have to do what pays mm-hmm. the bills. Yada yada yada. So he's supposed to be that, but I think what doesn't redeem him for me is like. Yeah, he says some jerk things, but he also is the manager of like a Hooters store. I think that's what and it he, is. It, it's it's his establishment where you're like, well, you you kind of run this place. That's I don't know. I would wouldn't really venture into yeah. it on my own. Not not a not a fan of that establishment. So I think that's what doesn't make him redeemable. But he tried to help. <laughs> Was it called Tater Tots? Uh... <laughs> I know they say tater gator when they say later tater gator. I, I laughed at <laughs> that. Like that. Yeah, later tater gator. I um, went. I would love if somebody I said that to me. Later tater gator. I say I'll that see all you the later. Time. <laughs> <laughs> What's this place called? We need to know. Yeah. Hey T- guys. Tater gator. Hey guys. That uh, production company was called Astraeus Pictures. In case you were wondering. Astraeus, okay. 
We got so it. any aspiring actors out there, avoid <laughs> them at all costs. All right, the place is called Hot Taters. It is a front. Sorry. I just got a little Hot Taters. Hot, oh, of course, Hot Taters. Yeah, see, the name makes it even yeah. worse. So, yeah, Hot Taters. Yeah. And to answer your question, not a redeemable character. <laughs> Or the cook, the cook, the guy who works at Hot Taters, who Pat, who Pat Healy refers to, where he's like, where's she hiding that thing? And he just goes, oh. He was my favorite yeah. character. He's, he's just a cook. He's just, he's just doing his job. I'm just he's, cooking these taters. And then he gets yelled at for not defrosting chicken strips. Okay, yeah, that guy was my favorite. That's Rico. <laughs> Rico is just like just staring at him like a weirdo <laughs> as he's talking to him not responding and then, go defrost those chicken strips alright yeah, Rico's cool. redeemable he's a good guy <laughs> alright then we've talked about starry eyes um, will you guys if you don't have any more trivia facts defend or destroy this movie. I'll go first. <clears throat> uh, I uh, didn't particularly care for this. Um, I th- think it's good in a lot of respects, like being really like gory and creepy, especially coming into the third act. Um, but I mostly felt just like real sad and like sad, like just sad by a lot of it. Um, I just, I didn't enjoy it, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) however, that being said, I do have to give a shout out to the lead actress. I think she did a fantastic job with her portrayal of this, like, Mm -hmm. you know, struggling actress. We've we've all seen that kind of character before, um, but she really Mm -hmm. just, like, completely captures, you know, who this person is, and, um, you know, her struggle on the way down and um you know like I said her ambition is that fatal flaw of hers and uh I think she did a really good job with that and showing that through this girl's transformation um but yeah I I think it's a good movie but for me personally I'm not that into it okay would would you give it a destroy then would you destroy the Destroy, okay, alright. One destroy. Are we gonna have a unanimous destroy this week? Or are we gonna have some tension? Pete, you wanna rock, paper, scissors the next one? I think you should go. No, okay, sure. <laughs> I well, I've mentioned uh I I like the score. I thought it really added to the the atmosphere of the film. And like I love I love the opening credits, I love the text they used. Um, the font and everything um, it really created a good atmosphere uh, I didn't love the film it wasn't like a five star Glenn review um, but I thought as as he said the lead actress is really um, was really good um, even when even the moments where she kind of goes straight evil um, <laughs> I still kind of felt for her a little bit um, but on the whole I'm going to have to I'm going to defend it even though it wasn't my favorite, I think um, just like even the background of the the production from the Kickstarter um, to what 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 the movie was, if it was longer, it might have kind of dribbled out. But I think they kept it pretty tight, um, and yeah, I def- I defend Starry Eyes. Interesting. I did not think you were going to go down that route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I deliberated on that <laughs> a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you fooled me on. Uh... Well, you said, is this going to be a unanimous uh, destroy this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess so, yeah. It led you astray. Just yeah, a little bit. Purposely. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a tough one for me, too. I kind of, like, agree with both of you, which is weird. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great movie, either. And I think there's a lot of great qualities about it. And I kind of said where it lacks like it needed like more interactions with the friends to kind of make it like a better movie to kind of I mean it was like a movie about eternal struggle 
str- wow, that's not a word. Eternal struggle, um, which it did a very good job with because uh, her like decomposing as a human being was like she really looked like a drug addict, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. fucking really intense. And she did a great job. We didn't even talk about the hair pulling at all, but that's when I knew she was like, "Oh, this girl's yeah. off." <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Um, I. I, I think I'm going to have to defend it because I don't think it's like I think it's better than the Belko experiment which I believe we all destroyed true I believe so yeah but it's weird because I think I like enjoyed that movie more as a fun like I thought it was like more fun but I also like I don't know <laughs> it's a real it's a weird com- a weird conflict here of interest because this is like the better m- movie, but I didn't have as much fun mm. with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Probably because you really couldn't, because it was just like a movie about someone spiral into darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Into their own psyche, almost going insane. Yeah. So I uh, just defend it because it's not. It's not bad enough to deserve a destroy mm-hmm. so there you have it you have our votes on starry eyes I didn't say starry nights throughout the podcast so I'm, nice I'm really job, happy about man. that several times I had to slow down and say starry eyes <sighs> but I'm, I'm happy about <laughs> it but if you want to check out um, starry eyes you just go to Netflix it's on there right now at the time of this podcast um, and check it out and also let us know what you think of it what you let us know what you thought of our thoughts of the film um, you know we have a Twitter we've made it there we've made it to Facebook we got one of those now and we're on the, we have a website we have a website where you can find us and all that information's on our Facebook so let us know what you're thinking maybe a new movie you'd like us to see or just a topic in the horror genre because we'd love to hear from you our loyal listeners and that's what I have this week for the podcast hit records I'm Matt Johnson and I remain in the shadows. <laughs> uh, Matt, I have a question. This is Peter, by the way. <laughs> um, for, for those oh, hey, Pete. Know, how you doing? Uh, does that website have three W's in front of it? Or is it... You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I I just sprung for the extra W this week. <laughs> uh, we, get, we have enough in our budget that we were just WW for a while. But now, you know, we have the three WWWs. It records that's, that's That's all my questions. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I meant to mention that. Cool, I guess we're done. Bye. <laughs>